So we introduced a new idea last week, these Community Connect cards. If you did not get one, my friend Corey is at the back of the room ready to bring you one. So put up your hand, and Corey will bring you one of these if you don't have it. There go Beth over here, and there's Chuck, and I can't keep going at this rate of remembering names on the fly. There's people all over the building. Keep your hand up, Corey. Get Corey's eye, and he'll bring you a Community Connect card. So our encouragement to you was to try this experiment with us. The experiment is, can we have greater community centered around God's Word? And so it breaks in half. One side's for you. You can take notes on the sermon just a little bit. A sermon takeaway. Another side, you can have a checkbox to keep up with some Bible reading that will coordinate with the sermon today. That's for you. To keep it with you, memorize a verse and keep up with your scripture reading. The other side is to give to someone else today. Maybe it's someone sitting near you. Maybe it's someone in the foyer. Maybe it's somebody that isn't here that you want to connect with. This is supposed to be a tool to help you connect in community around the reading of God's Word. I did it this week. I called my friend Darlene, who is worshiping with us online right now. Hello, Darlene. And we had a wonderful conversation. We were able to discuss um, God's Word and our families and all that's going on in our lives. And so I hope you had the opportunity to do that as well. I'm a little scared to do this, but if you made the call this week, would you raise your hand? Okay, all right, thank you, thank you. Appreciate that, that encourages my heart. Uh, We can, uh, it's a tool. So hopefully it's a tool that you can use this week to connect in community around God's word. So thank you um, for that. You can take notes on it as we move forward. I am the light of the world. The words of Jesus spoken in John 8, 12, and he repeated himself again in John chapter 9, verse 5. I am the light of the world. So this is our second sermon in a, in a series on the I am statements of Jesus from the Gospel of John. So we want to focus in on this statement, Jesus declaring his identity to us. It's a metaphor, and so for this metaphor to really come to life and for us to appreciate all that Jesus is saying in this simple statement, I want us to take just a minute and think about light. Because I think that will be fruitful for us understanding Jesus' comment here if we think about light for a minute. So... I tried to go on a deep dive on light this week, so I Googled and um, chat GPT'd, tell me the history of light. And I'm reading all these things to try and understand the history of light. Now, I've combined what all those things that the internet tells me with what God's word tells me. So here's a brief history of light. Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. Chat GPT didn't give me that, I'll tell you that. Um, And their history of light. Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, here's the beginning of the history of light. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was, was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. So whenever it all starts, at the very beginning of time, there is darkness across the face of the deep. We need light to break in. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters, and God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that the light was good, and God separated the light from the darkness, and God called the light day, and the darkness he called night, and there was evening, and there was morning the first day. That's where light begins. Now, you don't have to go much further to see the next big event in the history of light. You just read a few verses down, and God said, let there be lights in the expanse. 
of the heavens to separate the day from the night and let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and years. And let them be lights in the expanse of the heavens to give light upon the earth. And it was so. And God made the two great lights, the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night. And the stars, and God set them in the expanse of the heavens to give light to the earth, to rule over the day and over the night and to separate the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good. And there was evening and there was morning the fourth day. So there's a couple of big events at the very beginning of time regarding the history of light. From there, from best I can tell, we figure out fire at some point. That's a marker in the history of light, fire. And then we figure out different ways to use fire. And so the earliest history shows these, we've learned how to burn oil in lamps. And then they date the candle to approximately 3000 BC. So they go through a, Uh, God only knows how many years before we figure out the candle. So we've got, at this point, the candle and then these oil-burning lamps for thousands of years. There's a couple other interesting things about, like, some scientific discoveries about light, but there's not a lot of history here. Like, we didn't make much progress with light at all until 1800s. Once the 1800s hit, I don't know what happened. Maybe God just trickled out a little bit of knowledge to us, but just light exploded onto the scene. So then the history of light, like the timeline just explodes in the 1800s up until today with the invention of the light bulb, and then you have neon lights and fluorescent lights and LEDs and lasers, and now there's lights everywhere we go, every room we walk into, every street we go down, in our pockets, everywhere there is just light has saturated our world and you just look at pictures of the earth from space, just light is everywhere. Think about it. In human history, you went from sunlight and fire for thousands and thousands of years. And then in the last couple hundred, our experience with light is drastically different from all of human history. I think it's extraordinary to think about. But we don't just know about the past history of light. We actually know a little bit about the future of light as well. And I don't have anything to announce regarding Tesla or anything, I'm telling you about the book of Revelation. Revelation chapter 21, the city, this is describing New Jerusalem, the city has no need of sun or moon to shine on it, for the glory of God gives it light, and its lamp is, its la- is the Lamb. By its light will the nations walk, and the kings of the earth will bring their glory into it. And the night will be no more. They will need no light or lamp or sun, for the Lord God will be their light, and they will reign forever and ever. So that's the future of lighting. Anytime you glance into the future, it's hard to understand. So our mortal minds probably have struggled to understand the future of lighting. Um, But somehow God will illuminate the world for us. That's the past and the future of light. When Jesus declares, I am the light of the world, approximately 2,000 years ago, it's recorded for us in John chapter 8. Just think about it. His audience is far more familiar with darkness than you and I are. I don't mean that figuratively. I mean that literally. His audience was far more familiar with darkness than you and I are. You and I have very little experience with darkness because our whole world is lit all the time. We always have access to light. In Jesus' time, when the sun set, it was dark. And you had like a candle in your house. There wasn't street lights. There wasn't bright city lights. There wasn't flashlights. 
his audience is very familiar with darkness. We live in a time in which we are just flooded with light. So I think it is hard for us to appreciate the value of light because we are so spoiled with it. That's why we're starting the sermon where we're starting it. It's because we're a whole bunch of fish, and I'm about to tell you that you should appreciate water. And you're like, yeah, water's great. Like, water's all around me. Yeah. No, I don't think you appreciate light. And you need to appreciate light if you're going to appreciate the fact that Jesus says, I am the light of the world. So the first step we want to take here is we want to value the light. Once we've spent a moment there, well, then we'll talk about how we use the light and how we share the light. So in John chapter 8, verse 12, Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Let's value this light. For the metaphor to work, let's think about the value that light adds to our lives. So one, it gives us vision, so we can see. That's like probably the best one of all. Without light, we cannot see. It improves our health. It gives us vitamin D. It wards off seasonal depression. It improves our sleep. It provides photosynthesis. It gives growth to all the plants around us. It gives us beauty. I think there's nothing more beautiful in all creation than a sunrise and a sunset. But even beyond that, all the beauty that we see in this world from color is all thanks to light. Safety. You do a quick Google, you'll start to notice that light and safety are directly connected with each other. And there's a whole bunch of articles written on the workplace safety directly related to light, whether it's office workers in a cubicle or factory workers, but we associate light with safety. Also, it's, I mean, this is obvious. It's light is associated with safety with the lighthouse, right? It's keeping our waterways safe. Lights keep our driving safe with headlights on our cars. Like, light is directly connected to safety. You feel safer as you take a walk tonight if there are street lights lighting up your path. So it's safety, it's beauty, it's photosynthesis, it's, in, it's health, and it's the ability to see. And we haven't even touched on the technology that light has given us in the last hundred years. And with that, light has infused every area of our lives. Every room I walk into, I flip on a light switch. If I can't find a light switch, then I have a light everywhere I go on my phone. The lights and the technology of lighting has given me comfort and entertainment through TV. It is just phenomenal how much light has just infused into every part of our lives through technology. So now let's unpack the metaphor. Jesus is the light of the world. And Jesus gives us vision. Jesus helps us see, not physically, but now spiritually. The metaphor is this. You have vision to see, but Jesus gives you the light of the world. He gives you spiritual eyes to see. What does that look like? Well, it looks like, so yesterday there was lines everywhere, right? There's a line for the balloon artist. There's a line for the face painter. There's a line for cotton candy. Everywhere you look, there's a line, right? So your physical eyes, you look and you see a line, and then you evaluate, and you're like, oh, man, what do I give to be at the front of that line? But maybe our spiritual vision helps us see that, you know, when you see a line, Jesus says the first will be last and the last will be first. And so you start seeing the world differently with spiritual eyes and then you begin to see a room full of people and you know what you're, most of us are naturally attracted to, the wealthy and the successful and the beautiful in the room. But I wonder if with spiritual eyes through the light of the world as they light up our vision if we wouldn't be more attracted to the poor and the hurting and the marginalized that are in a room. As you see 
people and you're like, I, they look like someone who is opposed to God. That looks like a sinful person who is against God and I'm gonna go the other way. Whenever spiritualized might help you see like of everyone in the room, that's probably the one that needs you the most and needs the light to shine on them. Sometimes when you're busy and you're trying to get work done and, and kids get in the way, you're like, I just need to finish this task. I just need to do this thing. And there's just kids running all around. It's your physical eyes seeing. And maybe spiritual vision is to see that like, oh, there's like human beings running all around me right now. Maybe my task isn't the most important thing that I'm supposed to do right now. Physical vision and spiritual vision, this is the metaphor that Jesus is working with. He helps us see spiritually what's going on around us. Your physical eyes see a book with a whole bunch of pages that is probably going to be a chore to get through. But spiritual vision would help us see that this is revelation from God to us full of wisdom and truth and inspiration to light our path as we move forward in life. So Jesus, the light of the world, gives us vision. Jesus, the light of the world, gives us spiritual health. He contributes to our health. Just think about it, all the spiritual health that he tells us about. I mean, if you love God and you love others, that's a pathway to spiritual health. Prayer is like a pathway that we should walk for spiritual health. He teaches us that spiritual health starts in the heart and then it works its way out into our actions. It's not the reverse. Out of the overflow of the heart, your mouth will speak. Jesus is the light of the world and his light gives us health. It helps us see and it illuminates beauty. It helps us see beauty. The beauty of self-sacrifice, the beauty of the gospel, the beauty of giving your life for those that you love and the beauty of giving your life for those that you are your enemy. The beauty of grace and the beauty of humility. Those things are beautiful. And most of us in the room think those things are beautiful. But like a fish in water, there's some things that we, don't, we might forget. Not everyone thinks that grace is beautiful. Some people find it very offensive, the idea that a horribly sinful person could on their deathbed put faith and trust in Jesus Christ and experience the same heaven that you experience. Not everyone thinks humility is beautiful. A lot of people think arrogance is much more attractive. It says in 2 Corinthians 4, 4, the God of this world, Satan, has blinded the minds of unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel, the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. Jesus is bringing a lot of beauty into the world, and you and I can see it because we have his light in us to see the beauty, but not everyone can see it. Jesus is the light of the world, and his light keeps us safe. There's all kinds of temptations that we can trip and fall over, but the light of the world will help us see where we could trip and fall and what we could bump into. The light of the world will help us from getting lost. The light of the world will keep us from the attacks that are out there. It says uh, in Scripture that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against spiritual forces of evil. The light of the world lights up our surroundings, helps us see like a lighthouse, a flashlight, a streetlight. It lights up the darkness and keeps us safe. And Jesus says the light of the world can improve every area of your lives. Just like as we flip on 
as you go this week, one blessing would be as if you flip on a light switch this week, or as you get out your phone, as you see a screen, as you interact with light this week, just remind yourself of the fact that in the same way that light has infused every area of your life, so Jesus, the light of the world, wants to infuse every area of your life. Everywhere you go, Jesus wants to be there. Every room you flip the switch on, Jesus enters that room with you. That's the way the metaphor works. He's the light of the world. He wants to be everywhere in every category of your life. We need to appreciate him. We need to appreciate the light of the world and all that he contributes to our lives. But we don't just value it. We also have to use the light. I don't know if you've heard this story. It's it's common in like uh, pastor uh, illustration books, but if you haven't heard this one, let me share it with you. This is a story of this desert nomad, and he's living in his tent uh, out in the desert, and he gets hungry in the middle of the night, so he wakes up and he lights a candle by his bed, and he begins eating a bowl of dates. And he bites into the first date, and he, something doesn't taste right, so he looks at it, and oh, there's a worm in this date. And so he spits it out and throws it out the tent. He grabs the next date, bites into it, another worm spits it out throws it out of the tent he's so hungry so he blows out the candle and eats the rest of his dates (laughs) so we have to use the light sometimes we don't want to use the light that we have how do we use the light we could give you all kinds of pointers on that but I'm going to give you Psalm 119 105 Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. How do we use the light? We use the light to light up our path. Now, Psalm 119.105 is one of the best verses. I love it. It's so helpful. There was no flashlights when this was written. When the psalmist writes this, he's not saying the Bible is a flashlight as you walk through the dark, spooky forest. That's not what he's saying. He's saying it's like a little uh, um, oil like uh, lamp in your hand. It's like a little flame that you carry either through a dark house or down a dark path or you're in a field and there's no moon in the sky and it's just very dark and you've got yourself a tiny little flame that's flickering to light your way. This is so important because you and I, living in the time in which we live, read this verse and we're like, okay, cool. The Bible's like this flashlight and when I can just use it to see where I need to go. And then we get frustrated because we're like, why can't I see very far down the road? I know, I think where God's leading me, but I can't see it. It's like I just like take a step and then I see the next step and it's like, yes. You think, well, am I using the tool wrong? Or like, are there batteries low in my flashlight? Is there a different setting on this light? Why am I not being able to see what spooky sound is over there? Well, it's because that's not how you use the light. The light doesn't shine over there and, and show you what's scary. You trust in God. The light doesn't show you 20 feet down the path. The light illuminates the next step so that you walk by faith each step down the path. That's how you use the light. It's not a floodlight. It's a little lamp that lights up each step as we go. His word is a lamp into our path. That's how we use the light. And we use the light also to walk with others. We use the light to, to come together. That's why we read 1 John chapter 1, verses 5 to 10 earlier in the service. I'll read it for you again. 
This is the message we've heard from him and we proclaim it to you, that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. We have fellowship with one another. In the blood of his son, Jesus cleanses us from all sin. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So most of us on any given day, this week, each of us is going to, uh, however you want to use the metaphor, set down the lamp and turn into the darkness. Each one of us is going to go down a path of darkness this week, whether it's, it's a selfishness or pride or greed or gossip or lust or laziness or just plain apathy. We're all going to turn into the darkness this week and leave the light behind. But if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness, and the light is still ready to be used. But imagine this with me. This is, this is the way it works, I think. I'm alone in a field there's no moon in the sky, and I'm a bit scared because all I've got is a lamp. But if all of you are in that field with me, all of a sudden I can see really well. I got all these lights. I can just look around, and everything, everywhere I look is illuminated. That's the fellowship of the light. All of us bringing our lights together, all of a sudden we have better perspective on the world. As you share your light with me and I share my light with you, I can see more of what's scary in the world and I can understand better what lies ahead of me on the path if we will bring our lights together. We'll have fellowship in the light. That's why we encourage you to, to connect in community. That's why we're so happy that you're here today. That's why we invite you to exchange cards with someone else. It's because when two lights come together, it's twice as bright as it was when you just had the one light. So the community, the fellowship, using the light together corporately, we weren't designed to walk alone down the dark path with just a little candle all alone. That's not how he intended it. He intended us to come together and corporately experience the light together and so we use the light in that way we use it to light our path and we use it to come together and have fellowship within the light and there's all kinds of other ways we could talk about that but for the sake of time we're going to shift to how we should share the light we should share the light with those who don't have a light so in matthew chapter 5 verses 14 to 16 these are the words of jesus you are the light of the world a city set on a hill cannot be hidden nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket but on a stand, and it gives light to the whole house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. And so we should share this light. There's a lot of people in this world that don't have the light. And as we go out from here, we can shine some light out into this world like a city on a hill. So what value can we add to people's lives this week as we leave here? I think we just walk through the same progression that we did earlier on in the service. We can help people see. You can help people have a little more vision. There's people that you work with, right, that are, you know, they're just desperate for approval from the boss. They're just desperate for a raise. They're desperate for a promotion. They're desperate to be recognized in their workplace. And you know, you might have a little more spiritual vision than they do, and you might just be able to shine a little bit of light in a conversation to explain to them that the value that they're seeking from their boss, they're just never going to find that. What they're hungry for, what you have the same hunger in you, and you find it satisfied through God, your creator. There's people in your lives that are hungry for, for identity and for purpose in their life. 
and they're blind. They don't know where to find it. And if you can shine a little bit of light of the gospel of truth into their lives this week and share with them where you find your identity and where you find your purpose, then we're sharing that light with other people who have no vision because they don't have the light of the world. We can help people grow. We can share a little photosynthesis. We can help people grow through the light of the world that we reflect to others. You can help someone grow in their faith. Hopefully we're doing that with our children, and that's wonderful. But hopefully there are also other people that you are helping grow in their faith. That's what the light does. It helps promote growth. I know many of you do that. I know many, many women go on Friday mornings and on Tuesdays, and I know men gather on Wednesday mornings and Tuesday nights, and there's life groups and there's adult Bible classes and all kinds of different places where you guys are doing that, which is wonderful. We just want more of that to happen. We want to reflect more light to help people grow, and that's why we give you tools like this so that we can be sharing the light to produce growth because that's what the light does, and the light illuminates beauty. As you go this week, you can share the light with a dark world. Maybe it's just as straightforward as creating art. Maybe you should get out the paint set. Maybe you should create some art this week. Maybe you should write a song. Maybe you should do something beautiful and create something beautiful because that's what we do as we share the light with others. Walk through the art museum and you'll see that has happened down through the generations. But beyond that, you could shine some beauty as you sacrifice yourself for others. You could shine some beauty as you give acts of humility and forgiveness. I've been at Northgate Church over 13 years, and I've walked alongside a number of different people, and there's been extraordinary, beautiful acts that have flowed, flowed out of hearts of believers who are loving one another. I've seen a number of occasions in which there's aging spouses, and one of their health starts to decline before the other and I've watched just beautiful illustrations of love and self-sacrifice as the spouse gives up their whole life to care for the one who's dying I've seen the reverse I've, I've seen the parents doing that for children and I've seen the children doing that for aging parents and that's beauty that's beauty that we shine out into this world as we take the light of the world and we reflect it out into the world as we love one another, it projects beauty into this world that flows from the light of the world. And it provides safety. It provides safety. If you see your friend's boat headed directly for the rocky shore, would it not be nice to graciously and kindly share where their boat is headed? It provides safety. You know when I feel safest is when I feel like I'm around people I can trust. So how can I be a trustworthy person? How can we be a trustworthy people so that we create safe environments where we feel like I can let down my guard because this is a safe place because I can trust you? When do I feel safe? I think we felt safe yesterday I think yesterday, Northgate Church was a city set on a hill that could not be hidden. We want the broader community around our church to think of Northgate Church and think of that's a safe place. That's a place where I can go when I'm in danger. That's a place where I can go when I'm lost or when I'm confused. And we shone brightly yesterday through Escape the Cold as a church that was shining, shining like a city on a hill where it was safe. 
And yesterday we, we shared the gospel. We illuminated hearts and minds with the truth that God loves them and has a plan of salvation for them. We shone brightly as we helped families grow closer together. And we gave fathers and daughters opportunities to make a craft together. And fathers and sons to play video games together. And mothers and daughters to play princess and dress up together. We were shining brightly the love and the goodness of Jesus to the community around us. There were beautiful acts of sacrifice as we looked at our volunteers giving up their time and energy to love the community. The light of the world was shining brightly through Northgate Church yesterday. We want to keep shining as we leave here today and go into our different neighborhoods and workplaces this week. As we wrap up, we want to, we want to value the light. We don't want to take the light of the world for granted. We want to appreciate all the goodness that the light has brought into our lives. And then we want to use that light. We don't want to ignore it and leave it on a shelf. And we want to share it with others. As I close, I'm going to give you two of my favorite quotes when I think about the light of the world. One I think is probably uh, attributed to Dostoevsky. The darker the night, the brighter the light. I know, church, that it seems like the world's getting darker. I'm aware. But the darker it gets, the greater our light shines. I know that can be discouraging. I know we watch the news and we talk to people and it's just natural to feel discouraged. But you've got to see it. If the world's like, "Mm, not that dark, then your light is like, "Eh, not that bright. The darker it gets out there, the greater the opportunity you have to shine for Jesus. The second quote is from C.S. Lewis. He says, I believe in Christianity as I believe that the sun has risen. Not only because I see it, but because by it, I see everything else. I believe in Christianity as I believe that the sun has risen. Not only because I see it, but because by it, I see everything else. And so that's what our heart for you this morning is that you would truly believe that the sun has risen. And that the Jesus, the light of the world, would illuminate every area of your life. And that you would value him and appreciate him and use him and share him wherever you go through everything that you see. Let's pray together. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for this beautiful and simple metaphor that you extend to us. And so, Lord, we worship Jesus because he is the light of the world. And we thank you for all the value, Jesus, that you add to our lives. And, and we confess we take you for granted many a day. And so we pause and worship you and thank you for the light you've shown into our lives. And as we leave here, Jesus, we ask that you would be reflected in our lives, that you would give us opportunities to shine brightly today and in this coming week. We are your servants. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.